Welcome to Avatar with Academics. I am Sam Mulberry, and I have never watched Avatar The Last Airbender. And I'm Annie Berglund, and I have watched it before. All right, Annie, we are deep into season one now. So this is book one, Water, chapter seven, The Spirit World, Winter Solstice, part one. Two-parter. That is like a, a hefty episode title. Yes. Um, I will say, can I, off the start here, Yeah. people tend to not like this episode. Okay. Um. And from what I read, and we'll see, it's because they felt like Aang didn't know what he was doing the whole time. And they felt like he should know what he's doing. Oh, I I totally... I mean, I, I agree he didn't know what he was doing, but I disagree that he should always know what he was doing. Yeah, right. Me yeah. too. I think people... From what I heard, it's like they felt they played it off too comedically that he didn't understand. Huh. And yeah, so that was one complaint. And then we'll get to the other one later. But I like this episode a lot. Yeah, I think this is a really important episode. I will say this is a long episode. So we're going to jump right into the summary. So our episode opens. um, We see this. We're like overhead of this bird flying over the clouds. Oh, yeah. And it looks really big. And it's got these like... I, there's lots of things I don't know how to name. They're like like tentacle feather fur things flying behind it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's a big red bird. It's yeah. almost phoenix-like, mm-hmm. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and this is actually, this is very much like the opening shot of Star Wars A New Hope where you see the first ship and you're like, wow, that's a big spaceship. Uh. And then you see, no, this thing's actually big <laughs> because then you see this shadow over top of it and it's Appa is flying up yep. above. And you realize this bird's nothing compared to Appa. Yep, yep. <laughs> so a very cool shot to start. Um, we see our heroes just uh, kind of riding on Appa, and Katara is musing about how soft and fluffy the clouds look. Yeah, she's like, I want to jump in them. Right, um, which Sokka says. Yeah, Sokka's like, yeah, go ahead and try, yeah. right? And it feels, it felt to me like a go play in traffic. like Right, <laughs> very dismissive older brother. Right, exactly. Uh, but Aang's takes him up on the challenge because Aang is indestructible somehow. Aang is Aang. Yeah, and he jumps down and just like belly flops into the clouds and we see him just fall through because it turns out they're (laughs) clouds and then he like shoots back up because he can basically fly as an airbender even without his staff he can basically fly Uh, we're learning more about his powers here and he lands on appa and is soaked and says it turns out clouds are made of water which is interesting because i kept waiting for like is she gonna have to like airbend clouds or waterbend clouds Uh, maybe that will come up later i don't know but it definitely and then ang does this weird airbending thing where he dries himself off which i would love that ability oh me too yeah he just like funnels a bunch of air around him like in a circle and then he's clean especially well he's dry dry, which is the important thing because especially like in winter in minnesota like getting out of a hot shower in winter is awful because it's so cold and if you could just make yourself dry right away i would be yeah seriously all right um and i feel like he knew like he knows what clouds are made of but it was all just like this fun yeah. Let's pass the time. That's like always how it starts, it seems, on Appa. They're just kind of bored, and then Aang does something to which, lighten the mood. Which is interesting because we get fun Aang. Yeah. We get, we're back to like Aang is playful, but that is quickly broken. Because mm-hmm. uh, as they're looking out, they see this burnt part of the landscape they're flying over, uh, to which Sokka says it's like a scar. Yeah. And okay. So I thought of, of course, Zuko's scar is mm-hmm. like, so like Fire Nation is the immediate response. But I also thought that it reminded me of like the, the aesthetic of, of like the Lion King when they're looking at the land and the shadows. Oh, sure, and it's sure. like, what is that? And they're wondering, I don't know. To me, it reminded yeah. me of that. But more importantly, Zuko's Right. Scar. I thought of Zuko's scar. I also just thought of like, uh, 
big sweeping shots in Lord of the Rings as well, oh, where yeah. you see like, you know, when you move from the, sh- yeah, not the Shire, but you move from like the green areas where the, where the humans live to like the burnt out parts of Mordor. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, like sort of, sort of has that vibe as well. True. So then we cut to them on the ground and we see, uh, we see them all kind of on their own. They're, they're it's like, they're all sort of separate, which reminds me of when you go to like, uh, a cemetery or something. You're yeah. obviously you're you're often not. We we've done this right when we were in yeah. Europe. Went to cemeteries and like you're often not with a bunch of people. You kind of go off on your own. Silence and yeah. somber. And yep. then you see Sokka. Uh, it's some sort of righteous anger out of Sokka. He's like, mm. it's so quiet. There's no life anywhere. And then he sees the Fire Nation tracks and he's like, those evil savages make me stick. Uh, sick. Another use of the word savages. Interesting. Right. Who said that before? Um, it was referring to the the earthbenders as this savage oh, art right. that they have. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. The that um, they call bending in the yeah. prison yard. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. And um, for like the landscape too, it reminded me a lot of being in Northern California. My family lives out there, and like the big fires coming mm-hmm. through. So for me, right away, I was like, "Ooh, is this going to be like an environmental kind of right background to this?" Because Aang is like mourning the loss of the land and not just the loss of Exactly. People. So we learned something about the Avatar. So so Sokka's angry and we see Katara sort of cut him off and we and, and she kind of directs Sokka to look at Aang. Mm. Um, and we see Aang say something really – or we hear him say something really interesting, uh, which is how could I let this happen? Right. The Avatar's job is to protect nature, but I don't know how to do my job. So this sets up a big theme of this episode, which is this is a big Aang is uncertain yeah. about what it means to be Avatar. So we're coming off last uh, last week in episode uh, five, we, he got sort of the Avatar job description from Boomy, right? Yeah. Now, Boomy didn't include that the Avatar is supposed to protect nature, uh, but we're learning this now that that's another piece of the Avatar job description. Yeah, and he falls to his knees and like is distraught, and his response and and the guilt that he places on his shoulders reminded me of the genocide scene when he when he goes oh, into yeah. the Avatar state. Except for this time, he doesn't go into it. But I feel like it's the same amount of emotional yeah response. Um, and yeah, the idea of like protecting nature, but. Also, plants and animals, and like everything that lives within that. Yeah. Right. So, and then, and then at this point, Katara reorients Aang and all of us back to what is the main arc of the story. She <laughs> says, you know, because he says, I don't know how to do my job. And she says, that's why we're going to the North Pole to find you a teacher. Mm. And Aang says, well, there's, that's a teacher to teach me how to waterbend. There's no one to teach me how to be the avatar. Monk Gayatsu said that Avatar Roku would help me, but. Then Sokka points out, well, he died 100 years ago. How are you supposed to talk to him? Right. And at this point, there's there's something that happens quite a bit when when this <laughs> sort of comes up of how is he going to communicate with with Roku? Who jumps in? Who jumps into Aang's lap? Momo. Yeah, Momo. So there's this this episode is just larded with like Momo oh. Momo showing up when we talk about how we're going to communicate with Roku. Yes. Um. All I ever do now is just look for Momo. But yeah, and it was very like emotional support animal. Like he jumps in his lap, he starts to purr like a cat and then Aang like strokes him. And that's the only action really Aang does. So it's like Katara can't do anything, Sokka can't do anything. But like Momo gives comfort at least. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we cut from here to Zuko walking through a forest somewhere, Mm -hmm. right? 
Uh, and he he's in a hurry to get on the Avatar's trail, and he's looking for Iroh because he's like, we have to get going. Uh, and where do we find Iroh? Iroh's what is just he doing? Taking a bath in yeah. the hot springs, like. Doesn't he know that they have a mission and they're probably like gaining on the avatar and yet he just is like, Oh, I'm I'm here, I made my own bath water. Yeah. By like blowing hot yeah, air. He's out like, of his Zuko, nostrils. you look tired. You should relax too. Right? <laughs> right. Take, take your teacher's advice, relax a little. Which is interesting because this leads me to think like this whole time in this episode, Iroh is trying to redirect Zuko without telling him so. Mm. So it's like, does Iroh know something we don't? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Because he is not in a hurry. Uh, Zuko wants to leave, wants to get going. And Iroh's like, nah, just relax. Huh. That's and we'll really find out as we go into this episode, uh, his instinct was right in terms of that. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot more complexity under Iroh than just this like pleasant tea drinking, hot spring bathing man. Like he's really, he's many steps ahead of everyone else. Exactly. Right. Uh, so... Uh, Zuko's trying to rush Iroh and then Iroh <laughs> stands up and is like, okay, let's go. And we get to see a mostly, most of the naked, um, we body of Iroh. silhouette. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Zuko like reverts his eyes and is like, well, just take your time. You have 30 minutes. <laughs> it's but like, like those classic scenes where it's like strategically placed items are blocking yes, certain yes. areas. Yep. <laughs> All right. So then we, we cut back to, uh, to the Aang gang. Uh, Katara is trying to cheer up Aang. And she does this at first by throwing an acorn at Aang and then Sokka like at laughs. his head. Yeah. And then Sokka <laughs>, laughs and she whips one at him too. Uh, but the acorn is actually the thing that she's trying to um, comfort him with. And why yeah. is that? Uh, she's like, there's acorns all over. You see Momo sticking a bunch of them in his mouth. And she's like, this is a sign that there's going to be life here again. Yeah, and like says, trees ev- will go yeah. back. Animals yep. will come back. Yeah. Yeah. Every one of these is going to become a, a giant oak. Right. And at this point, we see uh, a stranger approach. And I don't think he has a name. So in my notes, I just refer to him as the old man. <laughs> That's okay. Because <laughs> there's a younger guy, too, who's, who's who shows up at points. But this is the old man. Mm-hmm. And he says, I saw the flying bison. And Aang's markings, well, and your markings. Um, he says, are you the Avatar child? And what's interesting is Aang gets that question He and he looks back mm. at Katara and Katara gives him a nod like, yes. So then Aang says, yes. Right? Yeah. She's the wise one. Yep. yep. She's, she, she, he's definitely looking to her guidance to say like, well, how am I supposed to play this? Yeah. Right. And he says, my village desperately needs your help. Mm. Right. So then we cut to them following him. Another Earth Kingdom village. Yep. Yes. Yep. And we see that there's uh, kind of broken buildings as they're walking through this village. Smashed, leveled. Yep. And again, another empty village. You don't see any people here. Right. They're all inside. I I described it in my notes as the town hall. I don't really know what it is. It's it's like the central building. Yeah. It definitely can fit everyone. Right. And there's not many people. But for me, it felt like a scene you see after a natural disaster of like everybody congregating exactly. in one spot. Like my like my family lived through a flood and like we would go to these central locations and everyone's there and talking it out and then Yeah, I thought of like I know this is an overstatement, but I thought of like Hurricane Katrina in the Superdome in New Orleans. Right. And it's like this yeah. is where everybody's going because this is the shelter. Yeah, you it's a makeshift kind of area to Provide relief, yeah. Right. So then the old man introduces Aang as the avatar to the people assembled. And then we get who I can only assume is the mayor of the town. Yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> the know. The mayor in the town hall. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is, the, we're, we're, we have a very, like. Uh, we're given a little backstory ourselves. <laughs> right. Uh, and he says, it's an honor to be in your presence. Right. Mm. So so here we're seeing somebody show 
great reverence for Aang as Avatar. We've seen him as celebrity, but now it is like this, this seems more like this kind of spiritual leader that he's encountering. Mm-hmm. Um, and he explains that our village is in crisis. He is our only hope. So he tells about uh, this this uh, creature called the, the Heibai. Yeah. Did you look this up? No. Why don't you give, me a, give us okay. a little bit on the, the Heibai? I was like that. I wonder where that name comes from. And so it is a, based on a Chinese deity or two Chinese deities. It's like Heibai Wuchang. And according to Wikipedia, I'm <laughs> this is Avatar with Quality academics. Source. So we're going to the source. Um, Heibai Wuchang literally means black and white impermanence. Oh. And there are two deities in the Chinese folk religion that they they help to carry spirits into the underworld from the dead. So it's like a bridge, basically, is the Heibai. And and that's what they actually describe him as. They say the Heibai is the black and white spirit. Yeah. Uh, and they say, I don't know why he's attacking. But for the last few days at sunset, the Heibai comes and attacks the village. Um, and he says, for the last three nights, they've ab- er, the Heibai has abducted one of our own. Mm. And they then they they explain that they're especially fearful because the winter solstice is near. Yeah, had we has anyone talked about the winter solstice no, yet? No. Okay. No. And and so the solstice is the shortest day of the year, right? Right. right? So Right. And there was so far has been no sense of time, I feel. So this episode time or finally season there's or a anything. calendar. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um so they say at the, as the solstice – there's a lot of exposition in this episode. Mm, so I'm, I'm going to just read some long quotes here. <laughs> as the solstice approaches, the natural world and the spirit world draw closer and closer until the lines between them is blurred completely. So there is this sense that the, the night is the time of the spirit world, I presume. So right. that's why the winter solstice would be so concerning because that is the longest night. Yeah, right? okay. The, the that shortest makes day and the longest night. Um, so they say the Heibai is already – got to get my notes <laughs> adjusted here. Uh, the Heibai is already ca- uh, casting destruction. Once the solstice is here, there's no telling what will happen, right? Yeah. So there's a big concern that that as this day approaches, this is going to be presumably the peak power of this monster that's uh, that's threatening them. And we haven't heard much about a spirit world Not, yet. We've like, heard I don't think there was any indication. Right. right. So now it's like, oh, there's this whole other – yeah, almost right. – in fact, the only thing we know about the non-physical world is that the avatar is reincarnated. Right. And I don't think there's any other sense of other reincarnation. We just – we know that that spirit lives on and on and on. Mm. Uh, but that this is the this is the first – dare we use the word theology in the world sure. of avatar, I think, other than the avatar itself, mm-hmm. right? That this is telling us there's something else. So then, then he says – and here's where we're learning a little bit more about the avatar. Who better to resolve the crisis between the spirit world and our world than the avatar himself? You are the great bridge between man and spirits. <laughs> and I think Aang says something sarcastic here and he's like, oh, yeah, that's me. Like the, the great bridge. Here I am. Like clearly doesn't know anything about it. And Katara is like – you seem not okay with this, right? Like you're yeah. a little unsure. You seem to not know what you're doing. Right. And he's like, Dad, that's because I don't. I don't know anything about the spirit right. world. Um, and they kind of give him a little bit of grief. And he's like, no one told me how to do this job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what's interesting is we are again seeing an ex- another expansion of the Avatar responsibilities because mm. now, the, now we're learning the Avatar is not only – the master of the four elements, not only supposed to bring balance between them, presumably peace not, is now supposed to love all living things, to care for nature, and is the bridge between the human world and the yeah, spirit it's world. The biggest job description of all time <laughs> yeah. for a 12-year-old. 
Yeah. So, so Katara asks, you know, can you help these people? And Aang says, I, I have to try, don't I? Like, like he's, mm. and this is what I think is so interesting is we see Aang at a crisis in terms of understanding what he's supposed to do, but not at a crisis about like the fact that he has to do it. Mm. He's not doubting he's the avatar. He's doubting whether he's capable. Right. Which is, which is really interesting. Which he hasn't done yet. I feel like he's always really confident in his abilities yeah. as the avatar. Well, because if, if, uh, uh, two weeks ago, I was talking about how we, we've yet to see Aang meet his match. Right. Last week, uh, he dueled Boomy and we're like, oh, here is his match. Mm-hmm. This week, we're seeing him wrestle with something different. It's not necessarily a, well, we're going to see a creature who is his match, but also like existentially meeting his <laughs> yes. match uh, to a certain degree. So he says, uh, maybe whatever I have to do will just come to me. And who appears at this Momo. point? So Momo again. Momo jumps on his shoulder. Right. Heavy Momo vibes for him yes. being some sort of conduit for, for Roku. Just come to me and then Momo's there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so Katara is trying to give Aang, you know, encouragement. He says, I think you can do it, Aang. And what does Sokka say? Sokka's, <laughs> Sokka at first is like, yeah. And he's mirroring the same emotion, but he's like, we're going to die. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're all going to get, get eaten. <laughs> by a spirit monster. <laughs> All right, so then we cut back to Iroh, and he is he still in the asleep. hot spring. He's napping. And it's like nightfall nearly, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. he missed that 30-minute window. Clearly, yep. yeah. Uh, so he's awoken by a rustling sound. Yes, and it's a cute little meadow vole, just a little mousy, who is like trying to wake him up almost. Right. He's <laughs> right. like bouncing up and down, and, and Iroh's, like, it's kind of a tender moment between him and the yeah. little mouse. Yeah, he seems like a very, like, like chilled, zen kind of guy at this point. Right, but the mouse has better instincts than Iroh seemed to have, because right. the mouse is like, there is trouble, and right. we all need to get out of here. And it's almost like Iroh's trying to calm the, the mouse down. He's like, yeah, it looks like I missed uh, I missed Zuko's <laughs> deadline. Like not not concerned, right? <laughs> and then we see this rumbling and like the earth. These like lines in the earth are coming up, and we find Iroh kind of caged in by by rock. Yes, and yeah. it's Earthbender soldiers, I guess. Right. Yeah. Right. And they say, "Oh, he's a he's a Fire Nation soldier." And then the leader of this group says, "No, he's no ordinary soldier. He's the Fire Lord's brother." And I quote, the dragon of the West, the once great general Iroh, but now he's our prisoner. Oh, and it's great because he's saying that as like these earthbending spikes had like held him in place. And there's just one that's, again, strategically placed to cover Mm -hmm. (laughs) important areas. And he just looks so pathetic. He's so defeated. And then we haven't had any background to Iroh yet. Right. So so I just I'm very curious about the dragon of the West. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. okay, what what is West? Who's the dragon of the East? <laughs> right. I mean, is that his brother? I'm like guessing? Yeah, like so so there's this is this is a big um maybe not backstory yet, but mythology of Iroh we're yeah. gonna get at least. All right, so from here we cut back to the village. One thing you're gonna notice this ha- this episode has more scenes than any we've done. <laughs> uh, it's the village at dusk, and, and Aang is walking out to find the haybai. Like he's saying, "Okay, you know, I'm gonna do my job," mm. and we see him kind of reluctant about this. And and Sokka's watching Aang, and he's like, they, and they, "They do a lot of this shot where you see Aang out in the village, and then it sort of pulls back, and you see them watching through a window." Yep. Right. So they're watching Avatar as we're watching Avatar is maybe a way to think about it. Yep. And Sokka like wants to jump into action as usual you know he's like we can't just let him go out there not knowing what he's he's supposed to expect yeah and and he even uses the word cower which is interesting we can't sit here and cower while he's doing this so i mean er, Sokka's instinct is to say well we have to be brave too 
Mm -hmm. right? I mean, think about what Boomi said. You're going to need your friends. So there is this sense that that we need to come to. Um, And then the old man says, if anyone can save us, he can. And Sokka responds, he shouldn't have to face this alone. Mm. You know, I I I really dig Sokka in this episode. Like I, do I like too. I'm 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 he really is showing himself and he has in the past showing himself to be brave in in the face of odds that's like you shouldn't you shouldn't have this yeah. kind of courage but like it's there's there's a there's a nobility to it and not just a foolhardiness to right. it. Right. His like. bravery like had a place here. It's sometimes it's a little extra, but here it felt like it was necessary. Right. Right. And now we see the sun setting. And Aang, there's nothing there. And Aang is sort of like, uh, he's just making these pronouncements. Like, I, <laughs> I hereby ask you to please please leave this village like, in peace. takes his staff and hits the ground with yeah. it. Like he's Moses or something, right? right? Parting like, the Red Sea. All right, I guess we're good. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. Uh, and as he's walking away back kind of towards the what we have dubbed the town hall, right. we see this coming out of the dark, this massive haybai. And it's black and white, mm-hmm. black and white impermanence, perhaps. Right. And it's like massive has. So it's four legged, but it has like two extra little arms. Yeah. Like so so it's, it's, it's either. Well, it's either a six legged or it's a two armed biped. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Or a four armed biped. I want to debate this. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. are legs? If, OK, so here's how you break it down. If the hay by wore pants, how would he wear pants? Oh, oh. Would it just be on the bottom two or would it be all of them? <laughs> yeah. Are they legs or are they or arms? Or like how would he wear a shirt too? <laughs> Flip side. <laughs> where where are the arms going? Oh, OK. Anyway, so uh, very angular, strange-shaped creature. Yes, yes. Yep. Um, and Aang introduces himself to the Heibai, uh, and the Heibai, uh, best I can describe, like, screeches this, like, blue light out of its mouth. Yeah, it's this reminded me so much of Stranger Things and the Upside Down, and then also reminded me of, like, Miyazaki films. Have you seen Spirited Away? No, I haven't. Oh, this is the most Spirited Away thing I've seen in Avatar so far, but... Um, yeah, this like spirit entering the human world. Right. And, and Aang continues to talk, right? I'm the avatar. I'd like to help. Mm-hmm. And then he sees the Heibai turn and destroy these different buildings and does this kind of like spirit teleport oh, movement. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't have to go that far, but instead of walking, it just sort of like teleports to these different things. So clearly showing that this is not a creature of this uh, of this earth. Yeah. And Aang is just like following behind him just – speaking but not being heard and then the old man inside is like the avatar's methods are unusual (laughs) right right so this is not the avatar that he expected right right and Sokka's like we should go help Mm. and and the the old man says the avatar is the only one who stands a chance against the heibai um so we're seeing Aang pleading with the heibai saying i'm just trying to be this the spirit bridge right Mm. he he so clearly does not know what he's doing yeah and the heibai the heibai blows him back over to like an entirely different rooftop and like this is the first time we see ang take real damage right that sounds like a video game but like that's that's (laughs) like he's he's undefeated even against um boomy like yeah, he still he was could he's evade and dodge and avoid and evade, but now now he's not able to do that. And that spurs Sokka to action too. Who like sees him now? He's finally fallen, and Sokka's like, okay, he needs reinforcements. Mm-hmm. So he gets his little boomerang and like runs off and throws it at the Heibai, the Heibai but mm-hmm. it like clinks off of his. Yeah, butt. it's such like <laughs> a like a like a worthless little clink. It's so sad. Uh, and Sokka goes up to Aang and says, "We'll fight him together." Mm. And what does Aang say? Uh, I don't want to fight him unless, 
And then at that moment, Sokka grabs or <laughs> hey by grabs Sokka and runs off. Yeah. So it's like the only way I think that peace like this peaceful Aang would have chosen something more violent is if one of his friends were in danger. Mm-hmm. And like that's what happened. Now the odds yeah. are the yeah, the stakes have just been raised, mm-hmm. right? So we cut back to uh to the woods now and Zuko at night walking through the woods is looking for Iroh. And he finds the hot springs where Iroh uh, was left and he sees it there. It's been destroyed. And, and Zuko's the only one who recognizes it as earthbenders. The other guy's like, maybe it's a landslide. <laughs> what happened like, here? <laughs> yeah. And he says, land doesn't slide uphill. My uncle's been captured. Right. There's a lot of cut back and forth between these two scenes. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're back to Aang. Now he's chasing after the Heibai and he's flying through the forest on his on his staff glider. Um, and we see the Heibai running with Sokka. Uh, and they get to the burnt out part of the forest. We were at before. Yeah. And and we see Aang. Aang is very fast flying. like So he's able to catch up and he's reaching for Sokka's hand. Yeah. Right. And Sokka's reaching up for Aang. And the second their hands touch, the Heibai and Sokka disappear. Yep. And then Aang drops to the ground and he's, I guess, unconscious. He yeah. He looks unconscious. And he's in front of like this giant statue of a bear. Mm-hmm. And there's like kind of these little bears that are around like smaller I didn't even notice the little bears the first time I just saw the bear statue but then the second hard to see in the dark yeah Mm -hmm. um but and it's like this I mean it's it's like a circle Mm -hmm. some kind of important spiritual place probably yeah yeah I mean it looks like a like a shrine or or, or, you know or some yeah some some again we don't really know the religious world of 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 this world but it looks like something like that right um, but it's 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 notable that that Ang just sort of drops to the ground, right? He'd been flying, and all of a sudden he falls like a rock right. to the ground. Uh, and then I think that's a commercial break because it <laughs> seems because we cut back to presumably the same scene, and we see uh, uh, Ang snap awake and call for Sokka, and then he just says, "I failed," mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of the first time that we've seen Ang. Uh, have to admit that. I mean, again, I keep pointing this out, but he's pretty much undefeated uh, up until this point. Mm-hmm. So then we cut from that, yet another cut, to the earthbenders who are, uh, okay, do you know what these animals are? <laughs> they look to me like armored ostrich horses. <laughs> I think that's exactly what they are. I don't know that they ever say it. They might say it once in the series, but I asked my husband, Mike, and he wasn't sure. But can I just do an, a, just a little aside oh, here? Oh, please do. Okay, Animals are rarely armored and domesticated in this series. So it's interesting that these earthbender soldiers have it. The firebender nation soldiers have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, – or the fire nation soldiers have them. Uh, and it looks super unnatural, mm-hmm. I think. Right? Yeah. They look ro- like robots almost. It's yeah. not even – and it might just be that they're using this species that is like obviously bizarre to us. But I think it's really interesting to see – the species be so unnatural and like all the other animals we see are pretty free. They're free mm-hmm. agents. Mm-hmm. They have an intelligence and like a sentience that's much higher than I think we would regard in this world that mm-hmm. you and I live in. Um, anyway, I just thought it was interesting. And like these earthbenders, as we'll see, turn out to be some complicated people. Yeah. And maybe their treatment of animals reflects some of their treatment of people. Yeah. So they're transporting Iroh through the forest uh, and – uh, the leader of this group, again, there's lots of exposition here, says, we're taking you to face justice to a place you're quite familiar with, actually. You once laid siege to it for 600 days, but yeah. it would not yield to you. Yeah. And Ira's like, yep, the great city of Ba Sing Se. And he was like, I acknowledge my defeat there. 
after 600 days. That's so long. That's Yeah, it's nearly two years yeah. of, of, of siege. Yeah. The whole theme, I feel, of Iroh in this episode, as well as all of them, is he's tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, I was tired. My soldiers were tired. We were we were tired of it, and I'm tired now. And it feels like it's just this little monologue which that is, he has. Which is interesting because it makes me wonder, like... Because we don't know his entire end game here, even if even we get to, by the time we get to the end of the episode, like is Iroh tired of war, uh. or is or because because we definitely see we're gonna see lots of that he contains multitudes, but I wonder in this moment, like is he also saying like was that the end of him as a you know, as a general, was was this why sure. he's the once great? Because he, just, he failed there. Yeah, he wasn't just exhausted from the siege, but it was like from, yeah, was from it, everything. Did it break him? Was he never the same? Um, and so after he says, and I'm tired now, he sort of yawns and like rolls <laughs> off of this creature that, you know, he's he's bound up. And the soldiers grab him and put him back on, but he leaves behind a sandal. Yep, little token for... Yeah. And speaking Duco. of Tolkien or Tolkien, uh, this is exactly that. like when Merry and Pippin are being taken away by the orcs and they like rip off, well, I forget which one of them rips off the like metal uh, yeah. um, jewel leaf from their Lothlorien robes that they got and throws it on the ground. And that's when they're, when they're tracking them, that's how they know, oh, well, they're, they're still alive because yep. not idly did the leaves of Lorien fall. I feel like Andy oh, Bramson wow. quoting. Right. <laughs> Um, it's impressive. Right. But but like so it's like the, the same move. He's leaving something behind mm-hmm. because he knows Zuko is following. Again, Iroh's one step ahead. That's right. So we cut back to the village at night and we see Katara sitting worried, right? Uh, uh, Sokka was taken away. Aang followed. The mm-hmm. old man says, I'm sure they'll be back. Your brother's in good hands. I would be shocked if the Avatar returned without him. Oh, it's him. so sad too because as they're saying that, you see Aang in the distance walk up mm-hmm. and he's like, I don't have him. Like I failed Katara. Yeah. And what's interesting is Aang tries to talk with them, but they can't hear him. Mm. And the sun starts to rise. And, you know, at night, everything's kind of hued blue, right? Right. The sun starts to rise. And every so the color comes back. The warm colors come back. But we realize Aang is still in that blue yeah. hue. And he sticks his hand up with the sun behind it and it's see-through. Yep. And he realizes he's in the spirit world. And it must have been that contact with Sokka mm-hmm. right before he collapsed. Right, as as the Heibai slipped into the spirit and world. he couldn't fly anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so then we cut back to Z- uh, Zuko now tracking Iroh. On an armored Komodo rhino. That's just, right. Just to say. And he finds the sandal and gives it a smell and says, yep, that's definitely <laughs> Iroh's, right? So yep. so we see that, that Iroh's instinct was right, that Zuko is hot on their heels. Mm-hmm. So now we're back to Aang talking to Katara, who can't see or hear him. So And he's trying to plead with her. He's like, I'll figure it out. I'm the bridge between two worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I have to do is figure out what I have to do. And once I do that, there'll be no problem. Yeah, <laughs> it's so sad. It's sad, but there's also a kind of confidence that he actually does feel like, I'm going to figure it out. Like, I'm- like. I don't know how, but like I have no other choice. That's kind of been how he's been rolling the whole time. Exactly. Right. Um, and then Appa comes up to comfort Katara. And and he, f- yes. And I was like, maybe, maybe he can see into the spirit world, right? Right. Why not? Yeah. Like he's the last flying bison, but he couldn't. He couldn't mm-hmm. see Aang. And what's interesting is Appa comes to Katara and it's Katara who's trying to comfort Appa. And yeah. she's like, you know, they're, they're going to be back. Yep, she's talking to him, calming him down. Right, yep. and here's where the episode really picks up. If you, if, you, if it hasn't been fast already, <laughs> oh we see, my god, <laughs> we see Aang call out to Ava, Avatar Roku, 
And he says, how can I talk to you? Yeah. And we see from the, the dark of the forest, this light coming. And Blue I'm, light. Yeah. yeah and my only question is, where's Momo, right? He's calling out for Avatar uh. Roku and like, this is the first time Momo isn't there, right? Yeah. And it becomes, the, the, this, this blue light becomes this flying spirit dragon. Um, and Aang is trying to fly away because he's there's evade. a dragon, yeah. Yeah, and he realizes he can't bend air when he's in the spirit world, mm-hmm. right? And then, okay, more words I don't know how to talk about. <laughs> so the dragon has this like tentacle thing, or it's like a whisker. whisker. Yeah, I think is a, it a whisker. But he can control it and move it. So I don't know, ex- yeah, like a d- face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, a, whis- it's, a whisker. I think it's a whisker. Well, I, I'm going to call it a whisker. That's yeah. what I wrote in my notes. Okay. Um, it touches Aang's forehead and he sees the vision of the dragon. Now, not as a spirit, not right. in this blue hue, but but the living dragon. And who's riding it? Roku. Avatar Roku is riding it. And Aang realizes this is Roku's animal guide. Yeah. So I'm learning now that all Avatar must have animal guides. Aang's so, is Appa. Yeah. Yeah. And Roku has this dragon, mm. uh, which doesn't get a name in this episode, no. which, which which I I feel like I wish I knew what that was. Um, and Aang asks, is there some way for you to take me to talk to Roku? And we see the dragon lower its neck and Aang get on and he says, take me to Roku. Mm-hmm. And they fly off. Yep. And then we cut back to... Iroh. Yes. So it <laughs> so leaves us on a cliffhanger. Yep. And they're climbing this big mountain road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Iroh can see the dragon and Aang as oh, spirits yeah. fly across the sky. Why? Why can he see spirits? And nobody else can see them. Who is Iroh? The dragon of the West. <laughs> right. And and if he does feel so comfortable at the start of like, I know where everything's going right now. Can I mean, like, did he... Can he sense this, like these spirits around him all the time, or is it just right? I'm so confused and by it. What's interesting though, this is what led led me to think this is why Ira was like, just relax because yeah. the avatar's gonna come to them. Yeah, they don't have to go searching for him. If you stay long enough, you'll the avatar will come to you. Exactly. Um, so Iroh starts to complain that his shackles are too loose. <laughs> right, and the soldiers are like, oh, yeah, and he's trying to make the case for it and ask oh, for them to be tightened. And he is hamming up the cute old man voice yep. too. Oh, I'm just my hands are so. <laughs> um, and then what happens? How does he? How does he? He like trick he like blows hot air onto his oh, onto like the the metal the shackles. Metal. Yeah, when the guy touches it. He, like, jumps back. And then Iroh, like, he's still tied up, but he, like, kicks fire out of his feet. Yeah. And then, like, rolls away off the cliff. So he manages to to knock out these guards for the moment. Yeah. And, uh, still naked. Yep. And it, and roll down this big hill, kind of like a barrel be roll painful. type thing. Yep. Right. So then we're back to uh, we're back to Aang. On the dragon. And the dragon flying to this volcanic-looking kind of crescent-shaped island with a huge temple on it. Mm-hmm. And they fly into the temple. They fly way up to the top through the ceiling of the temple, and they encounter a golden statue of Avatar Roku. Mm-hmm. And once again, the dragon whisker touches Aang's forehead, and he gets the uh, this vision of a comet. Yep, it's quick, super mm-hmm. quick. Yep, a quick, no cut. context around it. Right. And Aang looks up at at Roku and says, "When can I talk to him?" Mm-hmm. And the dragon moves his head and a beam of light streams in, which is just to the left of the Roku statue. Like yep. it's like a laser beam coming in of sunlight, but it's this one hole where it can go through. Um, and uh, and then there's – so like the, he gets another vision, right, from yeah, he the says, dragon? Yeah, he says like 
the the dragon touches him on the the head again, uh, and and this this is like a more complicated vision, right? And we <laughs> yeah. see like the sun moving across the sky multiple times. Yep, yep. And we see the the light moving from and, the left, yeah, yeah, or wherever, yeah, to to, to hitting the uh, to hitting the statue. Uh, and then when Aang comes out of that vision, he's like, oh, I get it. It's a calendar. And when the light reaches Roku on the solstice, so here we're getting the solstice again, uh, then I can talk to him. But he says, I can't wait that long because I need to save Sokka now. Yeah, he has no idea where Sokka is or right. what state he's in. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's thinking, I need to talk to Roku about how to save Sokka, about how to be the spirit bridge. And basically the message he's getting is, you can talk to him, but... It's not going to be for a few days. It's not going to be until the solstice. Right, right. So um, then we cut back to Iroh, right? He's now <laughs> rolling down the hill and the earthbenders pursue him. And they encase Iroh in, in like, all, a, all, in like rock. Yeah, yeah, and it's just his face peeking out basically. Mm-hmm. And they, <laughs> Yeah, and they say he's too dangerous. We can't just take him to the capital. We have to do something now. Yeah. He must be dealt with immediately. And Iroh seems pleased. Yeah, he like smiles. Yeah, yes, it's like gonna... everything's going according to plan. <laughs> yeah. Even though he escaped and got captured again and he's now encased in rock with earthbenders. He has a lot of trust in Zuko getting getting any, like anywhere close to him too. It's right, interesting. right. So another scene cut. <laughs> uh, Katara's flying on Appa and clearly they're looking for Sokka and Aang. And they're like, she says, like, we can't see him. Yeah. We have to go back to the village and wait. So she's again comforting Appa. This is clearly seems like Appa's the one who wants to go looking. Katara's yeah. like, we should just go back. This is this isn't helping us mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. all. Uh, and then we cut to Zuko, who is still tracking Iroh. And, and what must, does he see yeah, flying he across the sky? At maybe the same time, like, see them, mm-hmm. see Appa up yep. there, thinking that the Avatar's on him, too. Yeah, so then he knows the Avatar's there. And then we have this great scene where he looks down and he sees the tracks that he's following with Iroh. And he sees in the other direction uh, Appa flying. Yeah. And it's he has to choose. Yeah, is he going to chase the thing he really wants or, like, trust Iroh? Right, yeah. right. And what's great is they don't show us. Right. They don't show us what choice he, he takes here, at least right away. So then we cut to Aang flying the dragon through the burnt out land again, still spirit Aang. And Aang sees the bear statue. and But he, this time he sees him yeah. sitting on top of it. Normal state, not in this, like, yeah. spirit world. Yeah, kind of lotus position sitting yeah. on top, right? Yep. Uh, and they f- the, the dragon flies them straight into the head of the bear. And then we see physical Aang wake up. So now he's staring up at the bear. And this is where I notice that the bear is also surrounded by other bear statues. Yeah, they kind of pan out and you see the bears a little bit more mm-hmm. in the sunlight. So Aang sort of gives this knowing look around him and then f- flies off, right? He's got to get back to the village. Mm-hmm. So Aang, fl- Aang gets to the village and Katara asks, where's Sokka? And Aang has to admit he doesn't know. He's right. not sure. Back to Iroh. He's who, chained to a rock? Yes. Yeah. And there's a very disturbing thing that gets said I, next. I know. These dangerous hands must be crushed. It's like, who are these people? Right. And they, they earthbend this huge rock over top of Iroh. Yeah. And over top of his hands. So what, what would, kind of solution is this? Well, truly. It, it leads me to wonder about firebending and the role of the hands. Sure. And like, does does this matter? Or do they know or are they speculating? Clearly, there's something. Of, they, they at least think there's something about his hands, which are the key to his ability. Although we've seen him 
blow steam out of his nose. We've seen him shoot fire out of his feet. I'm not sure what crushing his hands is going to do. They've seen him do that right. stuff. So. In this episode, we've seen it, <laughs> yeah. right? So I, I don't get their plan, but... Eh. It seems real dark, though, right? Yes. Torture. Yep. So they're about to drop this huge rock, right? And we see Zuko fly in and <laughs> Just like... Just kicks the boulder away <laughs> yeah. as it's dropping, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty intense. And he frees Iroh, right? And he, like, breaks through metal. Yep, yep. Yep. And Iroh says, uh, excellent, Prince Zuko. And he says, you've taught me well. So we're like, okay, so clearly we see Zuko's chosen Iroh over following mm-hmm. uh, following what he thinks is the Avatar. Uh, and then they fight. And the, the, the Earthbenders say there's five against two. You're clearly outnumbered. But Iroh says, but you're clearly outmatched. Because Iroh knows who he and Zuko are. Yeah. So what's interesting here is Zuko fights with firebending. We do not see Iroh fight with fire at all here. Yeah, he's like somehow wielding these chains and like attacking with the chains. As if and... they're attached to his body. Yeah. Like I, that's the part I don't quite understand is like how is he so good at this? Yeah. So this also leads me to say like is there more to Iroh that I don't know? Because mm. this is kind of amazing what we see him doing. Right. Right. And they win easily. And they win Largely because Iroh's ability to control these chains like they are whips that he can wrap around and tie. Like it, it's, yeah. it doesn't make any – it's – which maybe is a nitpick or I'm open to saying Iroh is way more powerful than I thought. Mm, yeah. You yeah. Know? And then it ends with Zuko being like, please put clothes on. No? Yes. <laughs> because he enough. hasn't been wearing clothes this whole episode. <laughs> and now we cut to the final set of scenes. Uh, so we're back at the village at night and Aang is again waiting Hei-bai, waiting mm. for Hei-bai. Uh, and we see Hei-bai burst in and Aang rushes up to Hei-bai and flies over him, right? So mm-hmm. he's got his um, his staff, staff glider yep. thing, flies over him. And as he goes over top of him, he touches his forehead, right? In the same way that we saw the uh, the dragon touch Aang's forehead. Right. And what does he see? The spirit of a bear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he sees and, – and this clicks with him. Yeah. Right? Because he remembers the bear, the bear statue, statue out in the burnt out forest and he mm-hmm. says – Oh, you're the spirit of this forest, and you're upset and angry because your home was burned down. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking about himself at the beginning of this episode. He was upset and angry. And what happened to him when he was upset and angry? He had hope from Katara, right? Like yeah. hope gave she gave him hope through the acorns. Yeah. Yeah. So Aang does the same thing. He puts the acorn down, uh, and he says, my friend gave me hope that the forest would grow back. And we see the hay by... This gigantic hand come down and pick up this tiny acorn. Yeah. And it's a cool shot too. It's yeah. like a Aang and then th- the whole monster takes up the entire background frame. Right, yeah. right. And we see the Hei transform. Yep. From this hulking weird spirit monster into this gigantic panda bear. Yeah. And it almost looks like not transparent anymore. It just kind of looks like a normal, yeah. large panda but bear. Like but yeah, like the size of a building. <laughs> right. Like, like when we say big, it's not just like, yeah, it's big for a panda. Like it's yeah. big for 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 a, the town hall. Like panda- it's the size of the town hall. Yeah. And pandas, I think, are like, they always appear to be some of the most peaceful right, animals. Right. So, so um, Aang gives hope. Again, this is, this goes back to um, to Grand Grand, right? Aang, mm. Aang gives hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gives hope to the spirit of the forest, and it's hope that he got from who? Katara, who also gives hope. <laughs> yeah. Right? We're, we're seeing these themes come back. Uh, and then as the Heibai walks back into the forest, we see the path that, that has been the path into the forest. Like, instantly, it's like it's overgrown with bamboo. Mm-hmm. 
And then we see Sokka and the, and the three villagers. other villagers who had gone to the spirit world return. Yeah, they emerged through the yeah. bamboo. It's a really quick resolution. Like, it is. I was surprised. I thought because this was two parts, I thought, oh, well, they're clearly gone until mm-hmm. uh, until episode two. But but I, no, they come yeah. back. I think people weren't, some viewers weren't thrilled by the quick resolution. But yeah. it's also a kid's show. That's exactly what I thought, too. <laughs> so... I thought you can't just say like, yeah, kids, you're one of your heroes may be gone forever. Like, yeah. that's kind of dark. You got to bring them back. <laughs> right? So they say, thank you. Avatar, if there's only some way we could repay you. And Sokka jumps in and it's like, you could give us supplies and money. And they both, both like, Aang and Katara shoot stop. him a look. And he's like, well, we need stuff. Yeah, and he's they, not wrong. Yeah, and they actually say it would be an honor to help prepare you for your journey. Mm-hmm. And then Aang says uh, that he had help, right? right? Right, And then we quick cut to the vision of the comet again. Yep. And he says, I need to talk to Roku and I think I found a way to contact his spirit. Yeah. To which Katara says, that's great. And then Sokka's like, creepy, but great. Yeah. And then Aang says, talks about the temple and the island and how he can only talk to Roku on the solstice. And they're like, well, that's a problem because the solstice (laughs) is tomorrow. And Aang says, well, there's one more problem. (laughs) Maybe bigger. Yeah. (laughs) The islands and the Fire Nation. Yeah. So they're like, we got to go to the Fire Nation. Yep. And that's the end of our episode. So this it even though we get the resolution to the spirit world thing, we do get this cliffhanger of like, okay, we know exactly where it's going to go. So this is different than um this is different than what we've seen in previous episodes where we wondered what the next step is. This has a clear mm-hmm. this has a clear next step. Yep. So what have we learned from this episode? What big observations do you have? Well, we learned a lot more about Iro. Uh, I think we fleshed him out as a character a lot more. Um, as... I also think we've we've had as many questions raised about him as we've learned about him. Right? Actually, yeah, that's probably true. I think what he became was much more complicated when before he seemed just more like a, a kind old trainer, mm-hmm. an uncle to Zuko. Now it's like, oh, he's incredibly intelligent, incredibly capable, and he has kind of a dark past. <laughs> well, and, 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 okay, we have him. He's the Dragon of the West, the once great general. And when they talk about the siege of that, 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 uh, say, yeah. yeah, it sort of sounds like war crimes because yes. like he's going to get brought in to pay for what he's done. Right. Like why would they go to the trouble of carrying him all the way over? Why would they go to the trouble of smashing his hands yeah. just to get him there? Yeah. Like I'm kind of worried because I sort of like Iroh. I know. And it's like, I don't know now. I don't yeah. like, cause that it, there, there's a, there is definite war criminal vibes coming from the, the earth kingdom here. Mm-hmm. Um, other things, as we talked about major expansion of the avatar uh, job description. Yep. So now the spirit bridge, protect nature, um, protect people or protect balance, people. bring balance. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we also, as we talked about, we have the introduction of the spirit world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say another theme is that nature is not only worthy of mourning, but it's worthy of saving. Mm-hmm. And I also think that animals, again, were incredibly important. We are introduced to the idea of an animal guide with the dragon. But like the whole episode is animals guiding people through the entire thing, right? Like uh, Momo comforting and then we have the meadow vole that's waking up Iroh. And then we have animals literally carrying people through the forest, uh, armored, right? Everyone is interacting with animals. And then the spirit itself is a, is an animal spirit. And so it just feels like this entire episode is more about that. It's just not as in your face. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I mean, the fact that that the why the hay was a was 
angry and upset had to do with the destruction of habitat was mm-hmm. not lost on me. No. You know, that's that's really and, and the fact that Aang, without ever being told, knew that this is his responsibility shows that this is part of his an, an original avatar training as a twelve year old a hundred years ago. Yeah. Um I also think what's interesting is this idea that um we see Aang experiencing anxiety. Right. Right. We could spell anxiety with two A's, right? (laughs) No, I mean, uh, about his job and about like whether he's capable of it. Yeah. I'm deeply interested in this show when Aang, when we see him have to actually deal with something difficult. And not every episode has it. um, But this was really fascinating. And I feel like, okay, now he's learned something. So I'm curious to see when does this thing that he's learned actually start to play out? I think the other big thing that I noticed was... Um, Katara and Sokka having to come to terms with the fact that they're sometimes going to be unable to help Aang. Yeah. That there are going to be things. I mean, Sokka can go out and try to help, but he actually didn't help anything. Right. I mean, it's encouraging. I like, I, 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 I dig the hustle, but like, it's not <laughs> like this was, this was Aang's problem to solve. Yeah. And Katara seems further ahead than Sokka on this. I mean, her talking to Appa and just saying like, I think, just think we need to go back and wait, you know, which is. Is interesting because like Katara is not somebody who's a uh, like wilting flower. Like she's willing to get involved in stuff, but she acknowledges like yeah. there's going to be sometimes be av- Avatar stuff, especially coming out of the last episode where she's like literally right creating prison rebellions, and then this episode she's like, "This isn't yeah, yeah we need to back down. It's not our task." Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see where do we hit those lines where they're unable to help because mm-hmm. at the same time we know that their help is going to be crucial. Boomy told us as much. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes. And also always looking out for Momo. Always That's checking right. where a Momo is. That's right. And and uh, you can tell the next episode Roku's going to play a role. So I'm interested to see, is there much Momo in the next episode? <laughs> yes. We need to see that. Well, Annie, that is all the time that we have for this episode. But stay in the feed dropping right away is going to be episode eight, which is part two. Yes, part two called Avatar Roku.